We'll start with the set-aside prayer. God, please set aside everything I think I know about you, God, the steps, recovery, the big book, what's best for me, what's best for others. Especially help me let go of all my old ideas so I can see and live in your spiritual truth. Heavenly Father, have mercy on me, a sinner. Help me to carry your message tonight and today in Jesus' name, amen. Um, I was talking to a non-alcoholic yesterday. We had lunch and I realized that uh, we were talking about God and he was giving me all these intellectual arguments, that things he couldn't believe or couldn't accept. And, and I realized you just can't argue with someone. Someone's rational thinking, their rational thinking. And in we agnostics, they spend a lot of time talking about that, that we trust in certain things, but we can't trust in God. And, and um, I realized that uh, um, he wasn't suffering from a fatal self-centeredness. He wasn't suffering from self-will run riot, at least that I knew about. And that he would, and then suffering from addiction to treat that in whatever form, to bring his life completely destroyed to seek God. And I realized, you know, studying scripture, you know, they talk about repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and repent, but you can't see the need for repentance unless you could see that you're a sinner. And then, um, and then we were, I was listening to Luke, Stu and I today, Luke 20, and he was talking about that, that when we see it, and I see it because of the steps in my life as an alcoholic addict, I see my need for God. And I'm so glad, I'm not glad of all the bad mistakes I make. Anybody else make bad decisions and bad mistakes? Anybody make at least one? And uh, I realized they, they all had to happen to bring me down this path to where I am today. And so, um, but if you don't have it, you can't see it. And then we talk about, uh, and some people just can never see it. I remember constitutionally capable of seeing the truth about myself. And um, there are different levels, but we're dying of our disease. And so we did the 12 steps on Wednesday, and that review should be on the site if you're listening to the podcast. And we went through because we're at the, we're at the turning point. And we all get to the turning point. And where do we turn? And I have to go to the turning point every day, right? Every day I have to ask God's protection and compare with complete abandon because each day I have to use, need God to reverse my self-centeredness somehow. <coughs> now, he won't do it unless I see it and ask. So the beginning is where I turn and ask him, which we're going to look at maybe today in step three. But once I do that and ask him in the morning, when I ask God to direct my thinking, divorcing it from selfish dishonest, self-seeking motives, when I do that, I still have to go through the day and watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. 
And so I'm really at the turning point every day. But when they get to 59, they uh, assume you've taken steps one and two and you are at the turning point. You can see your need for a higher power to relieve you of, the, of this uh, insanity, not to be able to drink or use, and, and insanity in running your life. And I made the point that unless you can see that your life is unmanageable, one, you can't manage not to use a drink, but two, you can't manage your life sober so you can't keep from using or drinking. Now that's a bad situation, isn't it? Because everybody wakes up in the morning and most people are sober, even if you drink the night before, but let's say noon, noon. And, and why can't we live sober without drinking? And that's why we're powerless over alcohol, because we're managing our lives. And when we do that, we don't like the way it's going. And so we drink. And people can't connect the dots. They can see that there are, they need to stop drinking. A lot of people know that when they come to AA or using. But they can't connect the dots. And unless they stop managing their lives, they won't be able to live sober. So they're going to need a new manager. And that's what powerless over alcohol is, because it's just the liquid in the bottle. And then um, I went through uh, steps 10 and 11 pretty quickly, but the instructions for them are on pages 84 to 88. And it's how you live each day in relationship to God so that um, he can, he can manage my life, and he can take away my character defects at the moment that are causing me to be disturbed, and I can practice his character. The whole point of the steps, then, is to practice God's character in all my affairs. If I practice my character, well, have a party. And I can still do it. I could do it in, uh, I, I almost did it yesterday. I went to get something at Walgreens, one item, and there was someone at the register, and they couldn't figure out how to put the card in the thing, and then they had a coupon, and, and you know, I just stood there, and I said, well, I'm going to tell Brian about this, because I just said, you know, I have nowhere to go. If I had gone five minutes before, I wouldn't have been there, but I have no place to be. And why get disturbed? It was good. That was a good moment. I, I, I just said, wow, look at this. I could use, look, at, look at the old guy. He would have been upset. Um, I was telling Stephanie before the meeting how I am the center of the world. And you have to understand that. And, and, uh, but it was great. It was so simple. And then, you know, the prayer meditation, the meditation that they talked about, and we'll go through those. That, it, that direct the directions on page 86 to 88 is to focus on something and meditate on how we're going to be a vision of God's will. How I'm going to be in every situation. How I'm going to ask God when I'm indecisive. How I'm going to ask God, what do I do next? When I'm agitated or doubtful, am I going to pause and ask God for the right thought or action? And we meditate on that, so we'll do it during the day. And then step 12, uh, we talk about a lot. It's not just taking people to meetings. Uh, it's carrying the message. Uh, 
It's actually carrying the message that if you do these steps, you'll have a power in your life. You'll be awakened to a spirit that's not you. Now, when I came in, I was awakened to my self-centeredness. We were very close. Anybody get that? That was a joke. Nobody laughed. Uh, but I don't want to be awakened. I need to be awakened to a new power. I need, and they said spiritual experience in the original. And I think that's better. I, I want to experience God. And when I experience God, I trust God. And the more I experience God, the more I trust God. It's a, it's a thing that you, the more you keep doing it, the more you experience it. And you get this power. And then uh, that's the message that I have today, is that if you do these steps, you'll have a spiritual experience. You'll have a power in your life so that when you're in Walgreens, you don't have to get upset because somebody's in front of you and they can't uh, do the card or this and that. Now, that seems like a trivial thing. But for alcoholics, we, we pole vault over mouse turds, don't we? And they build up. And then we don't feel good. And I don't have to do that. I have a choice now not to get angry because I have God. Before God, I didn't have a choice. And so that's the message. And, and the message is do this. Your life's a mess. Is it a mess? You ask them and you, know, you, you talk to them for a while. Do you want to change? This is how you change. Now, I can't make anybody change. They have to do it. And they have to want to do it. I think the big problem in the beginning is they don't want to do it. They don't want to do it. They want to do it, but they don't want to do it. You know what I mean? Uh, like, uh, I want to do this, but I just can't get off my butt to do it. And then, and then something we don't talk about a lot, we have to practice what we're doing in the steps all the time. It's a continuous program of recovery. We're never cured, remember? We have a daily reprieve, which a reprieve is what the governor gives so they don't execute you. So we have a reprieve from dying of our self-centeredness every day based upon our spiritual condition. And we want to try to stay in as fit a spiritual condition as possible every day. And we can monitor that at night in step 11 when we do our nightly review. And if I'm in fit spiritual condition, I'm in a position neutrality towards alcohol. And I'm not in conflict with everybody and everything. Isn't that great? I mean, that is, for me, that's great. So if you're obsessed with alcohol and you're in AA, you're not in fit spiritual condition. Because God will, will take that obsession where you're thinking about it all the time and he'll put alcohol in a position to try. Now, if we drift away from God, then we don't have that power, and then it comes back in. So if you're thinking about drinking or using a lot, you might really need to talk to someone and get back into doing this, because you've drifted away. Remember, we're a paperclip, and God's the magnet. And when we come in, we're so far from the magnet that he has no power. But as we start to seek God, we move that magnet closer and closer the paper clip closer and closer, and we get his power. Now, if we stop moving towards him and we start to drift away, we get less and less. And that's why people drift out over here. Not because they're bad, because but they've left the power, because we have no power in our own. And so 
to, I have to practice the principles in all my affairs. I have to practice God's character. The term I use is LPTKCC. Love, patience, tolerance, kindness, considerate, compassion. I've been talking to a nice young man who has a lot of issues with how his home life is going, his relationship with his wife. And he gets uh, uh, disturbed about it, and he wants her to be different. And then he has fear. And then uh, I said, well, are you loving all the time? Well, I try to be. I said, but if you're not, she can tell. And then she's reacting to you being disturbed at her, and then she gets disturbed. It's like a cycle, right? And I, th I said, with God, you can be loving. And you have to just change your attitude, change the way you see him. And isn't that what the four steps are all about? And so if we, if we can't change our attitude and we can't change the way we see the world, then people can sense that. And then they react to us and then we react to them and it's just have a party, you know? And so, uh, but you have to want to change. And you have to ask God all the time. And that's what steps, uh, four through nine and 10, 11 and 12 are. So then we get to this, many of us exclaim, so many exclaim, what in order? I can't go through with it. And have you ever heard anybody say that? What in order, I can't go through with it? Uh, I don't know if I've heard that, but I've heard, well, I don't wanna do all this, or you know, I don't need this. I'm, I, I, I haven't lost my car yet. You hear that a lot. I don't have a DUI yet, I still have a job. You know, maybe I'm overreacting. You know, maybe I'm just overreacting. And, but they're really saying, I, I can't, I don't want to go through it. They're not really saying, I can't go through with it. I don't want to go through it. Now, if you have the desperation of a drowning man, that takes away your cognitive reasoning of whether this is going to work or not, because you don't care, because you're drowning. And if you get a flimsy read, you're going to grab it. And we, we're drowning, but we look at the read and say, no, I don't want that read. I'll take a different read. This read isn't gonna work for me. Give, give me another one. And, and we don't make it. So many people, I was, very few people make it. I'm so sad when I, I think I keep all the numbers of the people I've tried to work with on my phone for a reason, because it keeps me humble. Not that I'm any better than them, but wow. Look at this, it's a sea of faces, 16th year doing this. I can't tell you how many people uh, I've met and they all may be fine, I don't know. But it's a, it's a sea of faces, come and go. And um, I don't wanna not stay humble. And I wanna stay willing. Remember willing is the, is the key, willingness, 100% willing to do it every day. And how do I know that? Am I praying in the morning? And I'm asking God in my life. Uh, and I do it through prayer, and then I listen to scripture every morning. And then, am I doing it throughout the day? And it says, no one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. Is that true? Yes. And, and here's one thing I thought about. Since I can't maintain perfect adherence to these principles, I shouldn't judge how well you're doing it. 
Now, if you get in a lot of AA conversations, you sit around the table, you hear people telling you how so-and-so isn't doing perfect adherence to their principles. And it, that's just our pride and our ego, and we build self-esteem, and we don't, I don't want to do that anymore. So there's certain, uh, I don't have conversations with certain people in AA because they turn to who's not doing it right or this and that, and I don't want to hear that. We're all sinners, we're all a mess. And it says, and then the next line is, we're not saints, right? We're not saints. I'm an alcoholic, I have self-centeredness, and I have to fight that all every day and destroy that every day. It's a constant battle, and it's, it's, it's in Scripture, it's in chapter 7 of Romans. Read, I cannot stop doing what I don't want to do. This is the Apostle Paul. He seemed to have a good relationship with the Holy Spirit, but he couldn't stop doing what he didn't want to do. And he said, who can relieve me of this? And it was God. And so I'm not a saint. And that's why on page uh, 86 at night, after we do our review, we ask God's forgiveness. I say every night, God, forgive me. And whatever sins or whatever I've done that day, please forgive me. Ask God's forgiveness and his direction on how I should be tomorrow. So I don't do the same things. And then it says, no one has made perfect adherence to these principles. The point is, so here's the point, am I willing to grow along spiritual lines? Am I willing to do it every day? And then how much am I willing? I, I hope I'm 100% willing. You know what makes me 100% willing? When I don't do it and I don't feel good. Then I say, oh, I need to be 100% willing. And that's why it says, page 88, God disciplines us because we don't feel good when we're not doing it. And then I want to be willing to grow along spiritual lines. Now, I am not a saint, but I'm a lot better than I used to be. And what did Steve used to say? I may not be much, but I'm better than I used to be, right? I may not be what I want to be, but thank God I'm not what I used to be. Steve passed away a year or so ago, and he was such a wonderful man. Yeah, we don't, we don't want to be what we used to be. And, and, I, I, and I could see changes in me. It, that doesn't make me uh, feel like I'm wonderful. It just shows me the power of God. You have to stay humble. That's why when people celebrate birthdays, they ask you how you're letting God do it. I mean, I don't want to take credit for all this. I think God uh, gave me a gift to be able to teach. I was a good teacher with my patients explaining things. And I hope I've been able to do that. But that's a gift from God. I don't take credit for that. I'm just doing, we all have different uh, tools and we have different uh, abilities. And it says in scripture, how are we using them? So I want to grow along spiritual line. The principles we have set down are guides to progress. Now they're the guides to progress down the spiritual path towards God. Remember the 12 steps are basically a treasure map to God. That's what the big book is, the first 164 pages. And <coughs> I use <coughs> this, these pages as guides to a relationship with God. And if I stay down the path, it says really we've seen a person fail has thoroughly followed our path. And it says on page 100, what does it say? You and the new man 
must walk each day down the path of spiritual progress. That's all we're doing. It doesn't say you and the new guy, you're, you're better than the new guy, so you know, he needs to follow you. You walk hand in hand down the path of spiritual progress. That's what we're trying to do here today. That's what meetings should be about. We're trying to all grow in the fellowship of the Spirit, moving down the path of spiritual progress. Now here's what we claim. I claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. And I, I always wondered, uh, why don't they say we want to be perfect? Why doesn't say, uh, you know, uh, progress, not perfection? Uh, because we're never going to make it. If we do that, then we set ourselves to fail. And then, and then what, who decides what spiritual perfection is? See, if I start deciding I'm spiritually perfect and you're not, well, then I'm back right in my alcoholism and judgmental. But I think I do claim spiritual progress, and I give all the credit to the Lord. Now, the only thing I've done is to be seeking. And I didn't start seeking because I was a good person. I started seeking because I was completely destroyed by the disease, and I had no choice. It says, God can and will if you seek him. And we're going to read that if I ever stop talking in a few minutes. And so we, nobody laughed. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. So ask yourself, what do you claim? Can you see spiritual progress in yourself? Can you see what God's done for you? That's why self-pity for an alcoholic is so bad. We should always be grateful. Whenever we start having any moments, it says when we look back, the things that happened when I put myself in God's hands were greater than anything I could have ever imagined. I mean, I should be so grateful just to be here today, just to be alive. And so uh, when we see the spiritual progress and we owe it all to, to God, we should be so grateful. So gratitude, an attitude of gratitude reflects the, what God's done for me and how he's helped me. And the only thing I take credit for is seeking him. And then I have to do that every day. Now, how do you keep seeking? Why do, you, why do we stop? I don't know, but I keep seeking because I keep wanting more of what God's given me. And I know it works. And so that's one thing that I want to stay on the path. Now, some days I do it better than others. Is that true for anybody here? But I know where I want to be going, and I know how to get there through doing this. So they talk about the description of the alcoholic, and I won't go into that again, what makes you an alcoholic. People turn the podcast off. I've done it so many times. But we, they do do a pretty good description of alcoholism, don't they? In the first uh, 43 pages in Doctor's Opinion. And they describe the disease. They describe the thinking before the first drink, why we can't control how much we drink. And then the chapter to the agnostic is is really uh, revolutionary. We just finished it. It was great, wasn't it? Every time I read it, it's a powerful spiritual thing. And, and um, not just about our need for God, but how we can see God everywhere and what God will do us. He, he'll take us from the bridge of reason to the shore of faith. He'll build this bridge between my reasoning 
this reasoning that um, has killed me, my intellect, to the sure faith. He builds the bridge, and that's what you do with the steps. Joe and Charlie have a great diagram, and I've given it out here a million times, that bridge. And it shows you're on the shore, and then you have the bridge, and they have the other shore. And the steps one, two, three get you off that shore to walk across the bridge. And steps four through nine get you to the other side, and in 10, 11, and 12, you live on that shore. That's all we're trying to do. And the shore of faith is really the relationship with, Christ, with God. And then their personal ventures before and after. Before and after what? Before and after my uh, defeat. Before and after I decided to seek God with everything I had. And, 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 and after I've had this relationship with God. And that's what the stories were supposed to do in the back was to help people who were new read those and say, well, look, he had, look at this guy and look what he did and look how he is now. They're not a text, they're just witness. And they got that idea from the Salvation Army book at the time that was big and they wanted a big book. And the Salvation Army had witness stories in it. And so they said, well, let's do that. And when they wrote the first stories, they had people who were writers who, who, who met with the guys and took their kind of story and put it together. And, and so that it, was, uh, it wasn't somebody who wrote it in their own writing and words. Uh, people put it together so it would look, it would be something that people would want to read. And, and those were the original stories and they're very powerful. And because you want to know, uh, did somebody else, was they in the same shape I was in? And we're supposed to be doing that with a new person ourselves, what it was like for me and what happened and what I'm like now and, and be witnesses. Uh, and I don't know that discussion meetings do that uh, as well as they do in the beginning. Uh, things have changed in AA, and that's not either good or bad, it's just the way it is. So there are three pertinent ideas. Pertinent means uh, very important, relevant, something that is pertinent to me if I'm dying of this disease. Have I, are, these clear, are these pertinent ideas clear to me? Now, if they're clear to me, that's good, but they need to be clear to you if you're going to want to do this that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. And that way, that's the point of step one. I'm powerless over alcohol, dash, my life had become unmanageable. So I have to understand that if I'm an alcoholic, I will always be powerless over alcohol. There will come a time, a certain time, right, Brian? For all alcoholics, not just the new ones and the old ones, at certain times, the alcoholic cannot recall the humiliation and defeat of even a moment ago. We are without defense against the first drink. So I'm without defense against the first drink today. But I woke up and I prayed and I asked God and I'm seeking the power that gives me choice. That was a key thing the first time I heard, I mentioned it the other day, it changed my life. 
because I don't have the power not to drink, but I have the power to seek the power. And that's what I'm doing. I'm doing today. I'm doing it every day. That no human power, probably, but don't try to prove them wrong. And you, and, and, and you can stay sober and still be a dry drunk, right? And you can stay sober and be miserable. So don't try to disprove them and say, I'm sober five years, take that. Uh, no human power can relieve our alcoholism. And relieving our alcoholism is relieving the spiritual malady. There's no, I, I, no human power can do that. Treatment's great, group's great, all that's great, self-help books are great, but it, God has to do it. So I have to have that spiritual experience to have my alcoholism relieved. Now relieved, notice, not cured, but it's relieved on a daily basis. And that's why you're not supposed to evaluate this, you're just supposed to ask, what do I need to do, right? Because my, I didn't have a plan. Did anybody else have a plan? No. My plan didn't work. So I knew I would do whatever they told me. And I really was. I was really, really willing. And it was hard to find people who could guide me through this. Because in those days, that was a long time ago, people weren't into the book as much as they were now. We had the treatment phenomenon. And, but now we have the book has come back uh, through the last 20 some years fellowships or the uh, book studies on the internet. Also, the internet's helped a lot. It may do a lot of bad things, but the internet's brought all these speakers to life in your, right in your home, right in your car. And that's bringing God, right? And so they're God's messengers. And then God could and what if he were sought? Could and would. God can and will, right? Are you a, are you a believe in a can and will? Now, what can God do? He could and would do what? He can show me the truth about alcohol. He can show me the truth about my resentments, my fears. He can keep me from making bad decisions based on self. He can reveal to me, Michael, you're back in self. Hello, get out of it. He can and would relieve me of the bondage of self. Anybody think that's important? Think about it, bondage to self. I, I'm, in, I'm bound. I, I, I can't break the reins free of self. It's, it's, and he could and would if he was sought. Doesn't say a lot, it doesn't say a lot of requirements, does it? It's like in Scripture and John, they're not a requirement uh, for eternal life and belief. But a lot of people through the years have put all sorts of crap on it. But in the same thing in AA, couldn't would if he were sought. Doesn't tell you how you have to seek him perfectly, but you have to want to do it. So are you willing? Are you, do you believe? If you're going to make a decision. So now, if you get to that point, you're going to begin the new process. This is really the turning point. So now we're going to start next time on step three, which is where we're going to make a decision to change our lives, make God our director, serve him, work for him, 
But before we do that, and we'll do this next week, don't worry, I'm not going to go through it today. They go from page 60 to the bottom of 62 to describe what a life run on self-will looks like. So if you're not sure, because it says we have to be convinced, you know, that a life run on self-will never work, they're going to show you what it looks like. And then you say, do I have this? And it's really the good to read those three pages in the first person. When I go through it with someone, I have them do that. So we'll pick up with there. And uh, I went a little bit over today, so forgive me. And thank you. <laughs>